Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com. That's where you'll find the podcast, the links to all the various uh, stations and shows and social media platforms and everything else. And, of course, uh, around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is the Michael Dukes Show. Hey, how are you? You guys ready for... Uh, just another beautiful hump day. That's right. Hump day, middle of the week, downhill slide. You could see firearms Friday from here. Uh, we are ready to rock and roll and get things going this morning. Don't forget, as always, you can join us in the, uh, chat room, which is available on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Any one of those will get you into the chat room. Facebook has the most, uh, listeners, uh, uh, for every day. So feel free to go in there and and be part of it there. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you can do that. Drop me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of how we roll. Kind of how we roll this morning. All right. So today on the program, now, first of all, I guess I've got good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? I guess I'll give you the bad news first. Um, the bad news is, is that State Senator Mike Schauer who normally joins us on um, who normally joins us on uh, on Wednesdays is not going to be able to make it this morning. Uh, he had a uh, he had a super late night. In fact, I got an I got a text message from him at like almost one o'clock this morning that basically said I just got back to the apartment from the long day and I have to be back there at eight. I'm not going to make it. So looks like we'll probably be talking to Mike Shower. Uh, in uh, in the next segment. So, I mean, in the next, uh, tomorrow is what I meant, tomorrow. Uh, so, no Mike Shower today, which is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to a little bit of, uh, I was really looking forward to a little bit of fire and brimstone uh, from uh, State Senator Mike Shower. Um, but that's okay. Uh, today's the last day of the session. They close everything out at midnight tonight. So, we will see... We'll have a little bit of a better handle tomorrow on everything that's going on, and then uh, we can have Mike let his hair down and tell us what he really thinks about everything coming up on tomorrow's program. Uh, But the good news is is that in hour one today, we're going to be joined uh, by our guest, uh, uh, Mayor and uh, gubernatorial candidate, Charlie Pierce. Mayor Charlie Pierce will be joining us to talk about – well, the shenanigans down in Juneau. We're going to talk to him about all that stuff, see what he has to say about that, and uh, we'll get his full take on all of that coming up here in just a few moments uh, for that. In Hour 2, where we would normally have the Shower Hour of Power, instead we will have a, um, well, we'll have open line, open forum. We'll, have, we'll open up the phone lines for discussion, 
and maybe we'll have some of the I know we get some various legislators that call in uh, in the um, uh, in the or they don't call in they listen in and they hang out in the chat room. Uh, I saw Kevin McCabe in Rob uh, Myers already this morning, and we will probably get a handful of others. So they're welcome to call in as well. In fact, um, I saw I saw Kevin McCabe's name being used in vain in this article uh, in the ADN talking about the new proposed budget. So that's the big news in the headlines here to start off with this morning is that the budget committee, the conference committee, has proposed um, a brand new dividend amount but it's pretty much what we uh it's pretty much what we expected it is essentially half of uh the uh it, it's the it's the half of the 5% draw it's a 50-50 the <clears throat> the main proposal now includes a 22 excuse me $2550 permanent fund dividend check which, from what I can see here in the budget language, draws uh, exclusively from the ERA, which is, I mean, it's not a bad thing uh, because that's exactly where it's supposed to come from. Remember how the first proposals were all talking about how they were going to pay a dividend, but they were going to pay it out of a different funding source? So this would be the 2550 permanent fund dividend, the 50%. It's, it's, it would be the 50-50 plan, half of the, of the permanent fund draw. Uh, in addition to that, the also includes a $1,300 energy relief payment. So overall, it would be a $4,830, no, $3,800, right? $3,850 um, payment when it's all said and done. But there's also a wrinkle in here. Uh, under the committee's plan, half of the money of that $1,300 energy relief payment would have to come from the Constitutional Budget Reserve. Now, the CBR is different in a couple of ways. First, it requires a three-quarters vote um, to access that money, which is one of the reasons why they they never want to uh, they never want to put money back into the CBR. They'd rather put it in the SBR. In fact, this is mentioned later on in this article. They talk about how uh, the goal is to put an additional eight hundred million dollars into the SBR by the end of the year. That's what they're hoping to do is save some of this money, uh, that $800 million into the statutory budget reserve, because the SBR only requires a simple majority vote to access. But if uh, the CBR not only requires a three-quarters vote, uh, I'm not sure yet whether this remains contingent on the uh, sweep or the reverse sweep. Um, that is that is the question right now because at the if they do the draw out of the CBR and they pull monies out of the CBR, there is the possibility uh, that uh, the, 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 they they will have rather it's not a possibility they will have a vote to sweep all remaining funds back into the CBR per law, um, but the reverse sweep where they sweep it back out, I don't know if there's contingency language on this or not. The bottom line is the budget came out and it looks like it's going to be about $3,850 if everybody can vote, if they can get a three-quarters vote for the Constitutional Budget Reserve. Um, I just don't know at this point. You know, and and, and I'm coming more and more to the conclusion at, at this time that 
We could keep sending it back. I saw some comments. I think Ron Gillum had, uh, I think Ron Gillum had uh, uh, made a post on Facebook. I think this is what I was reading late last night or first thing this morning. But there was a bunch of people in there basically saying, "No, just tell them no. If it's not full, if, if it's not, you know." And at this point, all I'm saying is, just just concur and get out of there. Because we need to start focusing on what we need to focus on, which at this point, I think, is changing the players and the con-con. I think that's what it's going to take. So just quit trying to negotiate with these terrorists and just move on. Right? I mean, isn't that, wasn't that Reagan said, you don't negotiate with terrorists? I mean, not that they're actually literal terrorists. But you can't negotiate with these people. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, look at what just happened. If they send it back, we'll just get a lower number. And we send it back, we'll just get a lower number. Oh, and we'll have to and we'll have to pay for the special session and extra per diem and all that other kind of stuff. So to add insult to injury, you'll get a lesser dividend and you'll have to pay additionally for all of that stuff. I mean, <laughs> you just get it over with. Just vote to concur and then we'll have to fix it down the road because at this point it's just there's no there is no fixing what is fundamentally broken right now, not with the players that we have on hand. I just I I just don't see it. Um. Just 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 pull the plug, pull the ripcord, get out of it, clear the field so that we can focus on what we need to focus on, and that is changing the players out that need to be changed. And looking at the Constitutional Convention, and I think getting a start on that. So, I mean, that's that's the only way. I'm not comfortable with a con-con, but that is, I mean, the, the literally is no other option at this point. And by the way, I'm already hearing that there is an organization that is uh, testing the waters out there uh, for a PR campaign. Uh, and I'm sure it's an anti-con-con group because I've I've got lots of friends in the pro-con-con movement, um, and uh, they're already searching around and looking. They're they're trying to put together a hundred thousand dollar media campaign right now. So if that is how worried that they are about it, that they're already raising money and putting together media plans for you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, then. That that pretty much that pretty much signs it up right there. That that is the possibility. I think that uh, <clears throat> I, I think it's probably going to be the only solution. But I mean, at this point, I, you know, uh, the concept of the con con does not scare me overall. It's the execution of it. But at this point, we've got to take our chances. I mean, doing the same thing that we've been doing for the last fifteen years is not making any difference. And doing the same thing and over and over and expecting different results does nothing else. Um, this does three things, says Kevin McCabe. It sets the precedent for the 50-50, which, I mean, the governor had proposed, other proponents of a full PFD had proposed, so I don't know as that's necessarily, it is what it is. It gives Dunleavy a loss, Although he did ask for a full, he did ask for the 50-50 statutory PFD. So I don't know if I read into that, Kevin. And it gives the House majority a win with the energy relief check. Well, that's true. That's true. And from what I can tell so far, says Rob, 
The only significant change in the budget from a week ago is the dividend. The bloated budget was balanced by cutting the dividend, nothing else. That's pretty much that's uh that's pretty much it right there. There was going to be you knew that that was going to happen. There was going to be no change. Everybody that squawked and griped and complained and said that they didn't vote to concur because of the size of the budget, if they vote for this one, it will show their hypocrisy. So, I mean, right there. That's exactly what's going on. All right. Um, Well, we're coming up on the break, so we got to do that. And we've got Mayor Charlie Pierce joining us. Somebody's been on hold for 20 minutes. I don't know who you are, but uh, you're going to have to call back later when we have open lines. Sorry about that. Uh, I just killed the phone. Just killed the phone call after they've been on hold for twenty minutes because uh, hey, that's uh, that's how it works. All right, we're going to uh, continue ahead. We'll take uh, we'll take more. We got Charlie Pierce coming up here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'd love to uh, talk with you more. We got uh, a bunch coming up in just a bit. Don't go anywhere. We return right after these messages. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Did I expect them to cut any? No, I didn't really expect them to cut anything else. I expected that this was all about the dividend, and as soon as they got to it and and cut out and gutted the dividend, that they would be happy to move back over for a vote. I knew it was going to happen. I mean that that's just that's that's a no brainer at that point, my friend. No brainer. Okay. Uh, tell them no. And at what point do you quit inviting the cousins that steal every time you invite them to Christmas dinner? The unions are heroin addicts and family or not. You can't let them through the door. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Good morning. Yep. 3850 if the CBR draw passes. It's 2550 for a dividend and 1300 for the energy relief check. The hard thing for me is that I have always said statutory PFD. It was not about the amount. It's about following the law. My guess is that there will be enough votes to concur. Not sure mine will be one of them. We'll see what happens. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens for sure. Um, we're going to get uh, the hot take on this, though, from Charlie Pierce, uh, who is coming up here in just a second. Uh, he is going to be uh, joining us. From down there on the peninsula, let's double. Let's check in with him right now. Are you there with us, Mayor? Good morning. I'm here. Yes. How uh, how are you doing? How you how you feeling about this whole debacle? Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a long, long two weeks, right? Yeah, and it sure so sure has. Two weeks. It's been, but you know, if you're wondering how, you know, we spent a lot of time speculating and wondering how people think our legislators. And if you don't know how they think by now, then you're not paying attention. Yeah. And uh, it's 
pretty clear. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and as and as we watch this and we watch, uh, you know, kind of the whole thing. Uh, I mean, again, I had to laugh when they when when you, they oh we're going to go back. This budget is too large, and the one thing that they cut is the PFD. You're like, wait a second, isn't that uh, isn't isn't that what uh, isn't that what I guess that's all you care about then is the PFD? Yeah, you know, dive, diving boards are a maintenance item. And I don't, yeah, you know, we have a maintenance budget at where I live, and we uh, we prioritize and we pay for our maintenance and. We, with the day of uh, sending your top ten capital priorities, we sent several capital priorities to Juno this last year, and they got zero attention and zero zero. You know, the Kenai, you know, picked up zero priorities. We've got the bluff erosion that I advocated for over in Kenai, and I think that needs to happen. That's been a, talked about for 40, 45 years, and it continues to erode. And we've got seniors sitting up on top of the hill, and the bluff's about a. 100, 150 feet from their doorstep. And there's, again, there again, there's no urgency or follow-through as a group of people, leaders, decision-makers, to help resolve any issues. It's just, you know, I, I, I'd say that, the, the, you know, we've talked, you've talked about this, is vote them out of office. It's called a firing in the private sector. And that's what you need in government, too, is you need to, if you either perform or you don't. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I think we've seen. I mean, what we got basically going on here now is uh, is the same thing over and over and over again. It is the very definition of insanity. Um, all right, well, Mayor Pierce, hold the line for a second. We're going to be right back to you, uh, and uh, and rejoining here in about sixty seconds. Uh, let me go back over here to the chat room. Uh, the greed. Um, sorry. Uh. Let me see. Uh, uh, let's see. Markets, blah blah blah. It's it was never going to be fifty five hundred. It would have been forty two hundred. Yeah, I mean it would have been fifty five hundred. Would have included the energy rebate. It would have been a full full statutory forty two hundred dollars though. Uh, so I mean, yeah, this is essentially um, this is essentially fifty percent of the uh, draw, which uh, again not ideal. But at this point, I say we just clear the fields. Accept what's there. Move ahead. Take the take the money. Turn around. Utilize it to fight back with it, and uh, and let's get you know let's get more people let's get more people involved and see if we can take this con con thing all the way to the mat. Uh, I mean, I could definitely have used the full forty two hundred, but at this point, we'll take what we can get and move on and fight back. That's what we need to do. All right, folks. Here we go. Charlie Pierce, our guest, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. Uh, continuing now, I was trying to find the perfect guest to set up for Mike Shower in hour two. Now, Mike is not going to make it this morning. As I said, he sent me a text message at almost one o'clock this morning that he'd just gotten back from a long, long day. And he had to be back at first thing this morning. So, but that's okay. I, I did get the perfect guest. I did get the. Uh, uh, I did get the perfect guest. Charlie Pierce is our guest, mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough and candidate for governor. 
Uh, he joins us. Uh, he joins us right now. Good morning, Mayor. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Thank you for coming on board. So let's uh, kick things off. First things first. The Senate passed a budget. The budget looked, you know, I mean, it was big. There's no doubt about it. We saw a lot of the fiscal conservatives uh, had tried to make amendments and do a lot of things, but it just nobody was having any of it. So it was a big budget. It also included a full statutory PFD and the energy relief payment. Uh, and then it went over to the House and that there was delay, delay, delay. It looked like there may have been enough members to concur at one point, but it looks like a lot of arm twisting and stuff happened. What were your thoughts as you were watching this occur? Well, it's the same feast and famine cycle that we've lived in for, for many, many years. You know, what's oil at $112 a barrel right now? And so let's spend 114 right? Right, right. Well, and we've seen that. Uh, at, and, of course, we still had, you know, the, the, the commentary that was coming out, some of the comments of, you know, we got more money than we know what to do with. Oh, when it's all said and done, we'll still have $3.5, 4000000000 billion to play with. I mean, these were things that were said by some of these legislators who later on went and said, well, we couldn't f- possibly pay a full PFD because then we would have to spend, you know, some of this excess money and we wouldn't be able to save as much, essentially, right. is what they were saying. No no comment on what the effect would be on the private economy. No, no discussion on the impact of the recession followed by the pandemic, followed by the shutdown, followed by everything else. No discussion on that. It's just the government couldn't save enough money if we actually gave people what the law said that we should. Right. And, and again, you know, I think we hear from we hear from a few of our legislators. We get little sound bites. I think if we didn't have your show and a couple other shows similar to yours, you the general public really wouldn't know what was going on. You know, I guess you could read it out of the daily news and see if you can uh, find any facts in that resource. But, uh, you know, I wish that we would hear more uh, from our administration, from the from the analytical folks behind the scenes, as to what what really is. And I, I think that that might be one of the uh, resources that's missing in this discussion. And and um, I don't know. I you know again I I, I shake my head and I get a stomach ache and. When I think about it, that you know we're not moving ourselves any further along or getting better. We're 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 we need to get past uh, past all these differences and and actually do something good for the state of Alaska. Well, uh, yeah, I mean that would that would that would be I mean, ideal. We're demonstrating, we're demonstrating a terrible example to the to the. Why would you bring your business to Alaska? Why would you? Right. Why would you? Why would you invest any capital in in Alaska when you look at the uh, decision makers that are are shaping tomorrow for us? Why would you do that? Why would you even think about it? I mean, you know, we've got we've got lots of money. We do. We have a lot of money, and I don't think we're being very uh, responsible in demonstrating our ability to manage it. Well, yeah, and 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 how how comfortable a business environment is it when you've got the chambers of commerce uh, for the state walking around going, oh no no, we need to protect the state's. I mean, these are organizations that are supposed to be dedicated to private business in Alaska, and they're telling the state, no no no, don't spend the, don't do that, keep that money for state spending, right. don't give it to the people. Grow I mean, government. Let, yeah, let's grow government. Why yeah. Don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we work just as hard 
to grow the private sector. Right. I mean, those are the real jobs. Those are the real jobs that actually return uh, return a dividend in the economy. And and yet we get so uh, fixed on, uh, well, just let government do it. Just let government do it. And I think that government has demonstrated time and time again that they're they're not the best place to try to run a run a bit or do, do new startups and and create uh, wealth in your economy. What better way would we have had last week if the lawmakers in Juno would have uh, st- what better way to stimulate the economy than to infuse a, a large capital investment into your economy? But yet they're they're so worried about well, so and so is going to buy a snow machine or someone's going to go on a vacation. Who cares? Who cares? Right. That, that is not your job. Your job is to follow the law. The law. And you know you can listen to one little uh, lawyer, uh, one little lawyer or judge that says that well you appropriate so you can decide the dollar amount that gets appropriated and I guess yeah you can fall on that sword too if you want to but you're ignoring a very very important thing and I think that you took the oath of office and you said you would follow the laws of the Constitution of the State of Alaska and the laws of the land right. and yet you you've ignored it time and time and time again again it's time to boot boot fire. Uh, fire those folks that can't seem to follow the law. If you don't like the law, change the law. Yeah. Work just as hard to change the law. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they have the power of appropriation, but it doesn't mean that you just blatantly ignore. You have the you have the power as a legislator to to change a law. You can't be bound by laws from previous legislatures because that would be the unconstitutional part. We understand that. But that doesn't mean you leave the law on the books and just flagrantly flaunt it. You change it. And you don't pass a law that is in conflict with the previous law. Uh, you know, generally speaking, if you have a law, a new law that you're creating, it in its language, it would modify the one that's currently on the books. They never did that for SB 26. So they, they create. Yeah, so they, they should have included that. Yeah. They should have included that in their change, and then we wouldn't be so fixing and pointing back to, hey, you got another law over here. Exactly. So now they've created a law that's in conflict, and now they can yeah. go, well, I'm following one, but not the. I mean, it really is detrimental to the belief and the foundational core of, of, of faith in government when these kind it's of things a, go on and on. It's a disservice to your constituents and your, the residents of the state of Alaska. It's a disservice. It just Absolutely. is it's wrong. It's wrong. It sets the wrong example, and uh, yeah, again, I think they're they're uh, there. It is. You, I think. Again, I said I started off by saying that we know how they think now. We've got it. We've yeah. got it. So I had a legislature tell me it was a senator that told me, "Well, I just don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand." And you know, there's nothing that irritates me more. I'm a mayor of the Kenai Peninsula borough, and I think I understand a little bit about the state of Alaska and the government governance of our state. I should know a little bit about it. And to have a lawmaker write me and tell me, well, you just don't understand. You poor, poor, pitiful child. Let the adults in the room talk, Charlie. You just let me pat you on the head and put you in the corner while the adults talk. Well, I understand now. If the lawmaker's listening, I understand. I don't agree with what's going on in Juneau. I do. I just don't agree with it. I think that there's a, a better way to get to the uh, better results. There's, there's, we have to produce. We have to go in there and strive every day to produce better results. And, 
and we've sat here for the last six years doing the same thing. Right? Are we a little? Are we tired yet? Well, th- but that's the thing, Charlie. I don't think they are tired. I think that this is situation normal. That right? This is the this is the the, the snafu, right? Situation normal. All you know, you you get the thing. This is what they want. They want the confusion. They want because then they can take it and set the amounts. They can control it. It is a crisis. You know, there's people, the whole fiscal policy working group came together with a plan, a bipartisan plan from both edges of the both the extremes of the legislature. The liberal and the conservative came together. They all unanimously decided that this was the course of action that they could take. And then the leadership ignored it completely, ignored the whole thing, which tells me one thing. They want it to be this way because yeah. it gives them ultimate control of everything that's happening. They do. They're getting the results that they want. But the, there's a majority there that's getting the results that they want. And so if you vote, if you care about your state, and you want it differently, the, it's the, the control is certainly in the, the hands of the people that live here. We can vote different people. We can put different people in those seats, and we need to seriously think about it. If you have never considered running, I hope that folks that are listening would consider getting up and actually getting involved and trying to make a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. But Charlie, you just don't understand. You just yeah. you just don't under <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I don't understand. You said an interesting thing earlier on in your first set of comments talking about the administration and that we should be hearing more from the administration. And I'll be well, on I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm I'm so pissed about just the radio silence that we are hearing from this administration on so many things. Uh, we get a we we might get one minor comment or something. I mean, you've got to get out ahead of this. I mean, the governor has has promised and made promises and made proposals and talked about this, and yet he he is just it's just static. You know, for for weeks I haven't had him on this program in. I don't know. It's probably been three or four. I don't know if I've even had him on since the new year at this point. Crickets. It's crickets. crickets. I mean, this and he he had promised that he would participate, but every time I try and get him on the program, it's like pulling teeth. It's like I gotta go through the body cavity search to get to the right person to be able to ask whether or not he can come on the program, and then he's on for eight and a half seconds and then leaves. I mean, this is we need there's leadership. A, there, I think there's some um, merit to. Uh, perhaps some just saying, well, if you ignore them long enough, they'll stop asking the question and they'll forget. And we do as, as human beings and especially with government issues. I think a lot of folks, you know, they get fired up for a day or two and then, and then they move on and they're so busy with other things that they, they forget. And I think there are some in government that count on that. I mean, if you ignore it long enough, you stay silent, you're quiet, you don't say anything, stay out of the way, they'll forget about you. And then, you know, 10 years later, you're still there, right? Right. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's actually uh, some of the folks' MO, you know. Well, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm looking at, your your style. I'm assuming that if, you know, again, made you king for the day and everything else, that you would be out in front with a banner waving it saying, this is what needs to be done, right? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. My, if there's anything that I would do differently is my team – will be in front center, front center. You won't have to worry about uh, calling me to get me uh, get me to answer any questions. I'll be front center answering the questions. That's how we that's how you build relationships and how you build understanding and clarity in the 
subject matter is you get out and you answer the tough questions. And, and I, you know, I, I enjoy the exchange with people. It just never, ever has worried me to sit down and have somebody ask me a question. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to give you an honest answer. And if it's not the answer we need as a group, then we're going to work harder to make it right. we got to, you know, people are human. I think we're going to, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to trip on each other and, and, but we're going to, we're going to always strive for better for tomorrow. And, and I just think that that is, uh, if you look around the country, there's, there's four or five states that have governors and, and leadership in their states and their, their front center, their front center, they're mm-hmm. constantly, uh, answering the questions and leading, they're leading the subject and the discussion, they're leading those discussions. So, um, you can you can sit back and ignore and be real quiet and have people wonder. And that's if there's anything that I sit back and 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 worry about Alaska on is, is that there's probably a lot that I don't know, and that I don't know because we very seldom hear from our 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 leaders in our state that are actually in charge of our state. Well, and and look, um, you know, the governor in this state is it, he doesn't have omnipotent power. Uh, he has limited power for sure. But uh, a use of leadership, the, the, the exercise of leadership would go a long way to help pulling people all together in the right direction. And in, and, and, but leadership requires standing out in front sometimes. And, right. and, and, I, and, I, and I think that is where if this administration has fallen down in anything, it is in the lack of communication and the lack of leadership in those regards. It's standing out and telling the people motivating the people, rallying the base of those people who want to get it done. You've got an unlimited platform almost to, to do it, and yet it's crickets, and it's just it's astonishing to me. Well, what I would say is my style of gover- governing this state will be, um, you will often tell me I can't do that. And I'll nod, and I'll say okay, and then I'm going to go try to do it. And... So, you know, I, I think that I'm persistent and uh, I'll be very consistent and you'll know who I am. You know, I, I, uh, there's those folks that know me uh, know that my philosophical beliefs and my style is, has been very, very consistent. And you can probably predict how I'm going to vote and how I'm going to uh, handle a or where I'm going to stand on an issue. You know, I'm not a guy that you have to spend a whole lot of time, time guessing on. And you won't get a no vote one day from me and then get a neck three days later, get a yes to vote, and then have me run in the hallways of the, of the Capitol trying to convince um, others to vote uh, along with me days later. It's just you got to be consistent. And right. you got to stand for something, and you got to have principles and and you know, no means no. No sometimes needs to mean no, and you got to stand behind it. And um, again, I think that folks will be telling me that if I were the governor, you'd be telling me you can't do that, governor. Sorry, you can't do that, governor. Sorry, you can't do that, governor. You'll tell me that more often than not because I'm going to be trying to get some things done. Mayor Charlie Pierce is our guest. Mayor, hold the line with us. He's going to be with us till. Uh... Just before the top of the hour, he's got uh, he's got another meeting, but uh, we'll continue. We want to talk with him here in just a minute about the about the latest proposal now that's just come out late yesterday. What his thoughts are on it? What he would do if he was governor? Looking at this, 
budget and this proposal and this new proposed dividend, what he would encourage, legis- encourage legislators to do and what he would do as the governor. That's all coming up next. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Mayor Charlie Pierce, our guest here uh, in the chat room during the break. Um, uh, let me see what is uh, going on here. Ask him, ask the governor, ask uh, Charlie about the right. Ask him about the right to privacy. Uh, I don't know exactly what Daniel's looking for here, but the right to privacy. I'm assuming that Daniel's asking in regards to the potential for Roe v. Wade to be overturned, but... And of course, that's what they hang that uh, they hang the abortion right on the state of Alaska. They hang it on the right to privacy in the Constitution. What's your current position on that, Charlie? Well, I think we all, as individuals, have the right to privacy. I don't think governor, government needs to be in your backyard. But there are some national issues, Roe Roe versus Wade, that uh, certainly uh, have some impacts on our lives. Right. You know, we, uh, it hasn't been settled, right? So I guess what I would say is I don't have a comment about um, the outcomes of that. We'll have to wait and see what, what, what happens. But I think that Alaskans have rights, and it's built into our Constitution. And so we, um, as governor, I would uh, protect the rights of individuals that um, through our Constitution. I have to follow the Constitution. Right. And so... Uh, I'll do that first and foremost, and I won't go out there and make up laws or try to do things that are not lawful. I'll be lawful, but uh, uh, I'm certainly pro-life, and um, uh, I believe that. It's it's, um, entrenched in me, and, um, you know, my attitude about about that issue is, is I think as a nation what we should do is invest more money in adoptions. We should make... Uh, create uh, counseling opportunities for uh, both the mother and all uh, individuals involved, and then um, and try to encourage folks to um, adopt. Yeah. No, I would I would I would agree that that's a that's definitely a good first step. Uh, so, I think governor, governor, I know that there there was a big issue for some of the lawmakers. You know that well they they couldn't vote for a. Uh, for the issues before them because of the uh, monies that had been uh, placed in the budget. Uh, again, we've been through that exercise. The federal government's quite, uh, the directive to Alaska is, is you have to do it. You have to fund it. And uh, it's federally funded. And, and uh, what I would do in my budget is I wouldn't put any money in the budget for that, for that activity, but I would put money in the budget for adoptions. Right, exactly. Well, and again, protecting the rights of privacy and the rights of all Alaskans includes those that are uh, in the womb. I mean, uh, to me, that's that's the thing. I mean, it, you know, you we all have an inherent right, and I believe that the non-aggression principle as a libertarian extends to everyone, including that's right, including that's right. those in the womb. I mean, that's that uh, is a life. That is a life. Yeah, and we have to give protection rights to the to the baby as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. We should be per- for protecting everyone's right at that point. Um, all right, let me see what else uh, is uh, 
uh, going on here. See if there's anybody else. Lots of support for you in the chat room right now. Um, I see a lot of finger pointing of the legislature that sends the message that it is all of them. There's a lot of policymakers who are working their behinds off to do what is right. Uh, Why that change is not happening is because who controls the House and the Senate. We've talked about this a lot, Charlie. We've talked about the fact that, I mean, look, we we changed out two thirds of the legislature in the in the last in the last handful of years. Two thirds of the legislature, but it is that one third. It is that handful of six, seven, eight people who have been there for decades who want again who like the the system being broken the way it is over the PFD because it gives them ultimate control to be able to stir everything up and do what they're doing right now, which is control all that money. Because, again, they know better than you. You just don't understand, Charlie. They know yeah. better than you how to spend your money, how to raise your family, how to run the country, how to do everything else. They know better than you. That is what's going on right now. So, you, you know, you what I would have done is I would have encouraged all the lawmakers to support um, the – Stimulus check as well as the PFD, the statutory PFD, and I would have worried. My my motivation would have been to uh, stimulate the economy. I mean, the economy of Alaska has been kind of a train wreck for uh, the last several years, and you know we were just coming out of a recession, and then we we get slapped with COVID. Right. And you know, COVID COVID was difficult. I mean it. It created a huge, huge impact on our economy in Alaska and the nation, for that matter. Look at things are still dysfunctional. You know, you can't get on an airplane today and guarantee that you're going to land where you need to land, and and then when you get there, you're not guaranteed a ride home. You know, it's there's no there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, and there's a lot of uh, supply issues, and you know, baby formula. I mean, can you get baby formula? Who who created that? shortage and how did that ever get created all the things that are kind of trumped up and and created for us to challenges that we have to deal with but um you know i was uh thinking in the middle of covid as mayor of uh having a i would have taken just a little bit of normalcy you know and for everyone and having some certainty you know and that's what we need as individuals we need to know that we're safe All right. Uh, welcome back to Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We were just talking with Mayor Charlie Pierce, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the the individuals and how we protect them and everything else. Mayor Pierce was uh, going on there, and we're just uh, we're rejoining now. Sorry about that, Charlie. Uh, inter- interrupted you in the middle of that, but uh, yeah, go ahead and finish your thought there real quick before we move no, on to the. I think people in general want certainty, and they want they want predictability, and you know they they. We, we have to be safe. You want a roof, a roof over your head and you want, you know, three square meals and, 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 you know, probably a job too, right? I think there's some of us out there that want jobs anyway. seems like there's a sector of the economy today or groups of folks, some of our neighbors, just they're not interested in working anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't get that. I, I, that's part of my, uh, my, my certainty is, is that, you know, I get certainty by getting up every day, making my bed, going to work. Right. No, 
Absolutely. Well, let's talk for a minute here, Charlie, about the new proposed budget. Uh, it came out of conference committee. It looks like it's pretty much unchanged from what the Senate passed over, with the exception of the reduction of the PFD. I mean, there wasn't really any substantive changes to the rest of the budget, uh, but they decided to cut the one thing that was easy and, and, and they always like to cut, and that's the PFD. So it went from $4,200 down to $2,550, which is essentially what the governor asked for earlier in the year. He wanted a 50-50 PFD, which is essentially what the 2550 is. And then they've talked about a $1,300 energy re- uh, relief payment. Uh, the caveat to that is is that half of those monies need to come out of the CBR, which is going to require a three-quarters vote, uh, which means we would get the full 3850 between those two things. If they don't get a full CBR vote, then the, uh, the energy relief gets cut in half, and it's only $600, so it's about a $3,000 uh, dividend and energy relief check. Um, as governor, I mean, what would you, you know, as you saw this thing come through, how would you treat this bill? I mean, you've taken a look at it. Um, is there vetoes? What would you do about the energy relief and the, and the, and the dividend? Uh, just give us your overall thoughts here. You know, I would promote the dividend and I would promote the energy relief, uh, because I think the state has the money to do that. I think we, we, I think we're obligated to do that, by the way. I think that again, back to the law heard about the law let's follow the law and let's let's give uh the residents of alaska statutory pfd um i thought we were going to get one you know for the first time in six years and i was yeah. pretty excited yeah. about it thought it would send a, a new trend to alaska to demonstrate hey we can actually do this we can actually do this but i think there's an opportunity for our governor to uh demonstrate some conservatism and and it's called the red pen and, and uh, you know, again, I mentioned earlier, uh, diving boards is a maintenance item. You know, and I can appreciate that. The, look yeah. at the amount of money. Right. You're referencing the, you're referencing the $600,000 it was spent to replace yeah. diving boards in the Anchorage exactly. area. Why is that a state issue? I mean, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if you've got a road that needs to be refurbished, yeah, okay, let's do some more. We, on the Kenai Peninsula, we have some roads that we could use some help with. And, you know, historically, the state has helped us with some of our borough roads. And we have, we have some roads in, in, here that need some help. we got some school buildings that are in, uh, need some re- major repairs. But as mayor, what I've done is I've tried to look, at our, look within our budget, and I've tried to pay for many of those repairs out of pocket. You know, we've, we've put a roof on the Homer High School. We've put three boilers and a control system, a Siemens control system in there. Um, we have put 14 boilers, new boilers, in uh, a number of our schools. These are high-efficiency boilers. Um, our roofs are tight. My attitude about it was let's make sure our roofs are tight and our, our mechanical systems are sound. And so we've gone around and, and made that a priority. And, and what, do we, what do we gain from that as a, as a group, as a, an individual? Uh, well, we get lower energy costs. There's some huge savings there as well. That goes directly into the school district's budget. They get the energy costs because they pay the energy bills. Um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, the day and time, and I've said this uh, here locally, is the day and time of where we sent our top capital priorities to the state of Alaska uh, for consideration are over. They're over. I don't see it. I don't see them days coming back anytime soon. And so uh, we have to be, uh, we have a, a bond a bond proposition coming out to fix some of our uh, schools. We've got 42 schools and 
there's some major repairs that need to be done, and so we're putting a, a $65 million bond. Well, in that $65 million bond, there, there's a brand new school that has to be built. We're going to tear down an old one, and so we're basically trading money. And then we're going to remodel another school that's been uh, um, closed and uh, to create some office space for administration. And, and what I'm doing is, and what we are doing as a group, is thinking futuristic. We're being responsible. We're looking at our futures, and we're taking responsibility for ourselves. And I think that's what we need to do as Alaskans is, is take a little bit more responsibility. But as governor, what I would do is I'd go in there and look at the budget, and I think that, you know, everybody says we, we, uh, we've cut the budget, we've cut the budget. Well, you've cut the capital budget every year for the last six years, and you, you, you don't even have a capital budget in this state anymore. You know, I'm driving to work right now, and there's this big old dip in the road out here on the Sterling Highway, right by the Harley-Davidson shop. If any of DOT leaders are listening, there's a big dip in the road right there. It's dangerous. needs to be fixed. And so what does it take to get it fixed? Well, there's take that $600,000 for diving boards and go fix, your, fix that dip in the road. <laughs> you know? And here's another issue. It's a small one, but it's just an example. It sends a picture of what we are as a state, how we lead, and how we manage our, ourselves. You know, I drove to Anchorage uh, a week ago, and there were five abandoned cars along the highway into going into Anchorage, and we can't even haul these cars off. It's just embarrassing. You know, we have we have uh, we have outhouses that we board up and close during the winter months, and so people are still going to drive down that highway, and we're still going to have to go. Right? We got to go relieve ourselves. So where do we go? Right on the side of the road, I guess. Right. It's know what we need to have some leaders that understand that you know you're running a state and there's people that actually live here right and and it needs to be responsible and and you know what if you can't put a little bit of money in a dot budget to haul junk cars then i'm sorry you shouldn't be a leader you should get out of the way and stop trying to be the leader because you know what it says that small thing sends me a message. It's a perception thing. And it tells me how you run everything else in the state. And we can just look at it. Look at our budget. You know, a billion dollars. Right now, if you didn't have if you didn't have $112 barrel oil and all the federal money, what would we be talking about? We'd be talking about a huge deficit. Or we'd be talking about new taxes, right? We're going to tax our way out of this. Right, There's right. Enough of us. It's not enough of us working, and you know what? It's everything else that we pay for every day. Highest cost of living. I mean, look at our gas prices. Look at our food. Go buy a gallon of milk. Go buy a you know a loaf of bread. <laughs> Try to feed yourself. It's expensive, and yet people don't even they're not even conscious about the fact that well we just raise the raise the rates. Well, right. I'll tell you what we're doing. You're going to get a mill rate decrease in the Kenai Peninsula this year. I just presented the budget. You're going to get a two-tenths of a mail. That's a $1.8 million savings to the taxpayers in the borough. Not, Very wide. And that's Very the wide. kind of, yeah, I think that's the kind of leadership we need, Charlie. Uh, final thoughts here. Charlie Pierce, uh, candidate for uh, governor, charlie-2022.com. Well, final thoughts here, Charlie, 30 seconds. Go out go out and have a super day. Do, do something good. Uh, give somebody a hug and... Uh, and smile more that's what i'd say smile more yeah all right well charlie pierce thank you so much my friend appreciate you coming on board and sharing with us today we love having you on thank you thank you
Uh, the Michael Duke Show continues. We got more coming up. We're going to be diving into this here with your phone calls on the other side. At 907-433-3150, if you'd like to sound off, we will open the phone lines officially now. If you got to go to work, have a great day. Thanks for being part of it. Like, follow, share. We'll see you. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind, love one another. Live well. Hour two, dead ahead. Daniel just made a mention about it was talking apparently it's a whole thread about wages let me go back and read the whole thread here to see exactly what's going on here come on show me the whole thread Jamie says wages are too low all across the board minimum wage of $15 should have been that amount 15 to 20 years ago well you know why the minimum wage doesn't change you know why we've got such a problem with those kind of things because we had a mandate because the federal government got involved in the first place as soon as you set a minimum, you set a maximum. And, uh, you know, what you should do is just let what the market will bear provide at that point. Well, you know, they could give you even lower wages. Well, then you'll have the workers that are attracted to that lower wage. If you've got something that requires more and people are willing, you know, and businesses are willing to pay more, then that's what you'll get. Why is the government involved in those things to begin with? That's always been my question. I mean, that's always been my question at this point. Kevin McCabe says a lot of it uh, is the deep state, Charlie. Uh, he was talking about the maintenance and the DOT and what Charlie was talking about. They fight the governor daily. It's said that the three most powerful people in the state are the regional DOT supervisors. Well, guess what? Uh, bye bye Or I will do that or shuffle you sideways if I can't fire you into some closet somewhere that'll make your basically your whole existence so painful that it wouldn't matter if you're getting pushback if you're the if you're the chief administrator in the state and you've got underlings who which is what those dot administrators are who are ignore then drop the hammer on them drop the hammer i'm you know i'm in charge i'm the governor Okay, maybe I can't fire you because of some voodoo from the you know employment contract or the union thing or whatever. Well, guess what? You are now riding a desk on the backside of the stairs in the third floor hallway. It's just you and your desk and your chair. And yeah, I may still have to pay you the $160,000 a year or whatever I'm paying you. But guess what? You're just going to ride that desk. And I'm going to find somebody who's going to do what I want them to do. That's the point. I mean, the three most powerful people in the state are the regional DOT supervisors. Great. That doesn't make them um, does not make them unaccountable. They are only unaccountable if you allow them to be. I mean, again, you may not be. I haven't. I don't. I don't know the intricacies of that employment contract. You may not be able to just go in and say you're fired. But the DOT commissioner could certainly go in there and exert some things and make his will happen and reorganize and do all kinds of things. Those things can all happen. You are the chief administrator of the state. You have that power. You only allow them to give that. You only allow them to take that when you don't do anything back about it.
That's why this is not a job for somebody who is, I don't want to use the term meek. I would say hesitant or timid. Maybe timid is too close to meek. I don't know. But you you want somebody who's got some chutzpah to go in there and is willing to kick ass and take names. To kick in doors and say, hey, you work for me. You will do what I say. You won't obfuscate. You won't use bureaucratic uh, BS to try and push me around or to try and snowball, snow job me when I am trying to do what's right for the people. Complacent? Now, complacent's not the right word either. I think timid is probably a better word. Uh, maybe um, anti. Um, <clears throat> um, Maybe non-confrontational is a better word. Maybe that's a more polite word. Uh, Yeah, definitely having leadership would be the word that you really want. If you have leadership, you're not afraid to be confrontational. You don't want to be overly confrontational, but when you've got people who work for you who are supposed to exercise the will of the administration and you're getting pushback and you're getting sandbagged, guess what? That's going to lead me to a whole lot of confrontation. You don't like it? Let me open the door to this broom closet. Look, it's your new office. You can't fire me. You're right. I'm not firing you. Here's your here's your desk. It's a half-size desk because you really don't need anything else because this is where you're going to be for the rest of your career unless you figure out how to execute what I'm asking you to do. Boom. Maybe I can't fire you, but guess what? Your life is going to suck. I mean, and that's the thing. That's all about, that is all about leadership. And it is the one thing that unfortunately Mike Dunleavy has not executed. He's not been, he has not been a good leader on this. It's not firing. It's called a reorganization. We're going to reorgue right over here into this closet. I mean, anyway, um, that's just it's just one of my pet that's one of my pet peeves. One oh my pet peeves. But Charlie, millions are spent on the culverts for wildlife to use, and yet the dip by the Hartley stop sits there. Yeah, they'll spend a million dollars tearing the road up to drop a big culvert so the wildlife can walk under the road. Which I mean, do you have signs? Can they read? Do they still walk across the road? I mean, who knows? Um, all right. <clears throat> well, we're going to open up the phone lines. We got a couple lines on hold. Uh, we got one line on hold. I lied. We got one line on hold, and we're going to be back to them here in just a short minute. Uh, don't go anywhere. Please like and share this show. Like and follow the show page. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell on YouTube, and all the other stuff that we got going on. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Here we go. Buddy. 
put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on the radio on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is uh, The Michael Dukes Show. Hello. How are you? Hump day, middle of the week. Uh, normally, this would be the hour that we would take, uh, we would take our, uh, our, our, we would sit down with Mike Shower for the shower hour of power. And as up to yesterday, I thought that was going to happen, but uh, unfortunately, he had a very long day last week. In fact, he texted me at, what was it, 12.47 a.m. this morning, I think it was. Uh, it was it was late. He texted me and said, I just got back to the apartment, <laughs> and I have to be back there at 8. There's no way I can do the show this morning. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I I got it. Um, you're You're good. You're good. Uh, so anyway, Mike Shower is going to be joining us tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now, tomorrow will be the end of the session. Tomorrow the session will be over, technically. Um, they have until midnight tonight to pass the budget. Um, and for those of you who don't know, they proposed a new budget yesterday that includes a $2,550 dividend and a $1,300 energy relief payment for a total payment of $3,850 to every dividend recipient in the state. Now, that being said, what does that mean? Well, it means that it has to go back and get a concurrence of both the Senate and the House. Is that going to happen? I don't know. But they got until midnight to make it happen. Uh, We'll have some discussions on that and more, plus your phone calls as we open up the phone lines. We've also got some uh, legislators who are in the chat room, so I'm hoping that they'll call in and sound off with their thoughts on what's going on on this as well. Uh, I've seen uh, Mike Cronk and Kevin McCabe and uh, Rob Myers in the chat room. Uh, There may have been some others that I missed, but uh, they're welcome to call in as well. The number is, of course, uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We actually have one line on hold right now that had been uh, on hold since the top uh, after the top of the hour. They want to start things off. So let's go over there to see what the phone calls are going to be like for the rest of this hour. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Buenos Dias, Mike. It's Brady from Las Vegas. Brady, what's on your mind? Hey, um, I know it's not Firearms Friday, but I want to start a fake Firearms Wednesday because I watched the shooting in Buffalo yeah, the shooter that went in and killed the black people. Uh, that is 100% fake. Watch the video. You're going to see the biggest acting job ever portrayed. There is no blood. There's no brains. There's no guts. These people are laying on the ground, point blank shot, point blank shots into the head. Nothing. No brains. No ricochet. Nothing falling off the shelf. It is 
BS Biden story. Again, using the Bushmaster AR-15 to try to get Remington in more trouble. It is a 100% fake story. Okay. Well, I haven't seen the video. Uh, I haven't seen the video uh, on this one, Brady. Uh, but I'm so, we're going to be talking about this on Friday, I think, with Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine. Um, I, uh, I haven't seen it. I guess I'll have to try and go out and search it out, although they said that they pulled a lot of that down. I'll have to go take a look at it. Um, but, um, <clears throat> you know, I know people died. Uh, I don't know how they would accomplish that without something like that. I mean, this is just a, this is just a tragic, this is just a tragic, insane incident. And again, we've got that we've got what appears to be another <clears throat> mentally unstable individual. Uh, and, and I'm, I keep wondering when we're going to start talking about mental health issues instead of. The firearms issues, because that's the deeper issue on this whole thing right now. Uh, thank you, Brady. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Um, go watch the Coleon Noir video, says Brian. I'm going to go take a look at that as well. Uh, I haven't really, quite honestly, been paying attention to that just because <clears throat> there's nothing I can do about it. And at this point, there's so much rhetoric going on on both sides that I just like. Um, um, anyway. Uh, confirmed, says Joseph, fake on YouTube by a dude that works at Wendy's. Okay. I, I don't know. I'll, again, I'll have to go take a look at it. And, and I, but I haven't, I haven't even bothered at this point. Thank you for your call over here. Good morning. Who's, uh, who's, who's this? Where are you calling from? That's Jerry calling from Kodiak. Hello, Jerry from Kodiak. What's on your mind? Uh, I was extremely disappointed that our, uh, two people that represent Kodiak, our, our senator, our uh, representative, um, they're ignoring uh, the majority of uh, people in the country, <laughs> which is women. I know the Supreme Court, uh, new Supreme Court appointee um, judge doesn't know how to define a woman, but um, there's a lot of people that do know, and uh, I'm really wondering uh, why, when there's documentation that shows that there's a disproportionate number of uh, Alaska Native uh, babies that are being aborted, that uh, our senator and our representative are just uh, ignoring that uh, when they could be putting funding out there for uh, child care instead of trying to help help people uh, who eventually, uh, statistics show many of them later deeply regret, uh, even decades later, they deeply regret having right. aborted their child. Uh, I just feel like this is a, Number one issue for a lot of people, and if uh, people running for office uh, are not going to approach that issue, uh, they're just not going to get voted in by uh, quite a few people I know. Right. I, I know some states are supporting crisis pregnancy centers, uh, try to help them, uh, so so women don't feel uh, the pressure to abort their child. Um, there's uh, abortion pills, they call them Plan B, but uh, 
some of the women have just been very physically traumatized uh, by using that. And right. Uh, well, I fully expect. No. Go ahead. Finish up. Uh, yeah, my own personal uh, history is uh, having a relative who calls herself uh, decades after her abortion. She calls herself a dry branch on the <clears throat> family tree, and she's she's uh, she's not alone. There's a lot of women like that, and uh, m- my own mother, uh, by some standards, she would have been better off aborting me <laughs> because of. Sure. Um, the terrible things sure. going on in her life at the time of right um, when I was conceived, but uh, she she didn't. And later on, uh, to everybody's surprise, I came to Alaska and became a commercial fisher for a long time. And so um, this argument about uh, the grading of the fleet, you know, uh, that we're going to keep on aborting people who could eventually become fishermen it, it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> right no i fully expect i, I fully expect that this on, is uh, i fully expect this is going to be one of the biggest issues coming up into the next election cycle uh because of the fact that roe v wade is about to re, be uh you know it looks like it's going to be overturned and what the leaked decision was is that they're going to leave it up to the states for the states to decide and so this will become a bigger hot button issue up until now it really the state has not had a whole lot to say about it because of the federal mandate, but now it is going to become a state issue. And yes, you'll be able to vote uh, for or against the people uh, that you want to fix that. I, I just personally don't understand why Kodiak keeps sending back this representative and this senator, uh, not just for the not just for their life, uh, pro-life or pro-choice issues, but basically because they continue to overrun the state spending and have no problem taking that out of your mouth so that you could feed your family. Hey, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much for calling in this morning. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, what's up? Uh, just in case people didn't see the Fairbanks Daily News Miner yesterday on Tuesday, there was a front-page headline story that says, GVA's choices, close coal plant or upgrade it. And the story reports on a meeting they had on Monday, I guess, in Healy, and they're going to have another informational meeting tonight here in Fairbanks at the Westmark Hotel at 6.30 p.m. tonight on Wednesday, May 18th. And uh, I think it's pretty important because the last thing we want to do is close one of the coal plants that we got down there. You know, there's two coal plants, Healy Number 1 and Healy Number 2, and they're talking about Healy Number 1. And back in 2012, there was an Environmental Protection Agency consent decree that said... They must either upgrade it by spending $30 million for a big catalytic scrubber kind of structure building that would be next to the plant, or shut it down. And we here in Fairbanks, if there's any city in Alaska that needs dependable coal power when it gets to be 50 below out, uh, we sure need it here in Fairbanks. And uh, so uh, if anyone wants to go to that meeting at the Westmark Hotel tonight at 6.30, a GVA informational meeting, um, I would suggest, and the the uh, article said that 30 people testified in Healy, and all those people were in favor of keeping that plant. But here in Fairbanks, you know, we probably got a few uh, left-wing radical extremist environmentalists that would love to shut coal down and, and leave us freezing in the dark. So, uh, right, right. Anyway, I just want to let people know about that. Okay, so tonight, 6.30 at? 
The Westmark Hotel. Westmark Hotel. All right. Well, thank you, Randy. Appreciate you uh, calling okay. in and giving everybody the uh, heads up on that one. One final seg- One final call before we uh, go to break here uh, for this segment. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Rob from Fairbanks. Well, hello, Mr. Rob. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, uh, Michael, I've been trying to get a call in for like a week and a half, but I, I I have a question for you is when you were here working, do you remember when if you had uh, a shooting thing in your yard or something at one time, uh, you had to register it? Do you remember that? No, a shooting thing in my yard, like a shooting trap or something? Yeah, like a shooting trap, or if you shot here before uh, a certain deadline, it was fine. No, I know. Do you remember that? Never never had that. Never had that to my knowledge. Why? Okay, well, you know, because I went to the borough last week, um, because, you know, I do shoot outside my, my residence here. And, uh, and they said they'd never heard of such a thing, and I remember signing up for it. No, no. I mean, if you're on general use, but, if you're on GU1 property, general use one, as long as you're not running a nuclear waste dump or I think a pig farm, I think you're pretty much covered under everything you do. And of course, you know, you have liability if you're letting bullets fly into the neighbor's yard and everything. But if you're on your own property <clears throat> and you've got a safe setup, I've never there there is there is no mechanism that I know of that allows that you know that you have to go sign up at, at the borough. Okay, because you know I went down there looked at me like what are you talking about and I said you know there was a time frame that we had to come down here and put our name down and where we were at and nobody seemed to know anything about it. Michael, thank you. I appreciate it. And you have a great day, okay? Thanks, Rob. You too, my friend. It's good to hear from you. Thanks for uh, calling in and joining us this morning on that. All right, that takes us back to the next segment. we got to go. We're going to be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. I want to hear what you guys have to say. The phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. Is the phone number if you want to call in? I know we've got some legislators in the chat room. I would encourage them to call in as well to give us their thoughts on this new proposed budget, and we'll see what we can come up with. How about that? How about how about them apples? Back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the uh, break right now. Why do they hate pigs in Fairbanks? I don't know. I always found it weird that they lumped together nuclear nuclear waste facilities and pig farms i think that was the only two actually verbal or actually written exceptions in the rule for general use uh general use property if i remember correctly it's nuclear waste and pig farms apparently they're they're on a they're on a level of uh 
there was that shooting range in a guy's backyard that forget whatever happened. I think that was because he was trying to make it a commercial range, and there was some complications with that. I don't remember whatever happened with that either, quite honestly. But up until that, you're on your own property. You can do what you want uh, as long as you're not hurting other people. As long as you're not hurting other people. Um. So, oh, this was the thing. Um. I'm waiting for it to load so I can tell you. Michael says, so the only thing that was changed in the budget was the PFD amount? Because if so, how was that taking away the bloated, irresponsible spending? I hope those that objected to the concurrence because of the size of the budget also votes down this bill since it solved nothing by but taking money from Alaska citizens. Um, David replies to say, I guess the only thing that counts as bloated to them is this oversized budget. Uh, in the oversized budget was the PFD because it hampered their ex- their extra spending on projects. I mean, it, it's, again, it's part of the problem. I did not understand the justification that some people like Kirka and Eastman used because, again, you, <clears throat> you'd want to reduce the government spending, but instead you've just turned around and put another million or, excuse me, $1.4 billion back into the pockets of the governments for them to spend at a later date. So I just, I never understood that. Um. Can you ask Randy? Well, you can ask Randy. Randy's in the chat room. But uh, Deshana says, can you ask Randy why he applies for the PFD at all and chooses to receive a check and spend money to have it processed just to send it back? The reason I ask is because one of the reps was trying to work a process for folks for folks to send dollars back. Why? Can't folks just not apply for the PFD? Am I missing something? I, he explained this early on about how by not applying, it gave everybody else a little bit extra money, a few pennies or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I can't justify it. Randy's in the chat room, Deshana. He can. He can answer you on his own. All right. So we'll let Randy answer you on on that. Randy can comment and reply to that, and he can tell us why he decided to do. Um, the FNSB passed an ordinance that you could not have a shooting range on your property if you were within so many feet of your neighbors. That must have happened after I left because it was not on the books before that. Um, basically said the reason the budget is bloated was because of the PFD. Ivy did. She didn't one time point to a single project or anything else. The budget was irresponsible because of the PFD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... $1.2 $1.2 billion forward funded for schools, but nothing for the dozens of villages on honey buckets. There you go. I mean, you know, irresponsible budgets and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I can hardly wait to see what our great legislative leaders do once Roe is overturned. Probably more pontificating while refusing to do anything useful seems to be a theme, says David. Um. There was a video. I, I don't know about this video thing with the shooting. I Again, I know very little about the shooting other than just I read the headline, I read the thing, and then I moved on because, again, I can't do anything about that right now. And uh, I didn't want to ruin my day getting upset about it. So I just moved on um, because it's, it, is, it is what it is. There was a video of YouTube talking about being fake. And the dude said he studied forensic science in the 80s. Okay. Weird. Um... Timothy Given says he's filing out his financial disclosure. Timothy must be filing for some office. We're coming up on the deadline after all. 
Um, uh, Mike Cronk's agreed. I hear no sounds of the caller. Sir, did the tragedy What's okay? All right. I think I'm up to. Uh, I think I'm up to speed now. Here, um, we are. Uh, she reported me for a post. Ivy reported her for a post that got her a 90-day restriction. Oh, nice, nice. All right, here we go. Back to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right. We are ready to return and uh, get things ready to rock and roll. Take us some phone calls. It's open line, open forum today. I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about the process of the conference committee. Specifically, that Bert Stedman twice ordered the doors to be barricaded and barred to keep the sergeant at arms from entering the room. <laughs> twice. Once because Natasha von Imhoff had placed a call on the Senate while they were holding closed doors negotiations he barricaded the door the the next time uh, this is kevin mccabe had put a call on the house which would have forced the committee members to return to the floor and we just don't have time for that so he ordered the doors barricade they've actually got a picture here barricade his his staffer has got the doors barricaded and then they puts a bar through the handles like the old style you shall not pass but here's the kicker the the news story said when they placed the call on the on the senate when security officers arrived with the sergeant at arms they knocked the doors down they knocked down the door i think that what they meant was they knocked on the door but the story says they knocked down the door boy that wasn't been exciting committee members proceeded to finish their discussions with security officers standing by waiting to escort the senate members back to the floor <laughs> what <laughs> what <laughs> they knocked down the door Okay. Uh, weird. Uh, let's anyway. Let's uh, let's continue on here. We will uh, take some phone calls from you. Yeah, if they kick the door down, I definitely want to see the video. I want to see the battering rams on that one. Um, let's uh, let's go over here to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, it's Melissa calling in from Wasilla. Hello, Melissa in Wasilla. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. How are you doing, Michael? You know so, that's hilarious. Good. That sounds like a Bert Stedman, um, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, can't you just see you the? Know, can't kind you of like the little Gestapo up there? Yeah, can't you just see the walrus going? <laughs> quickly bar the doors! <laughs> quickly bar the doors! I could just see the walrus doing that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, waddle it over there, fist raised in fury. Yep, yeah. Yeah. No, I could totally see that. Um, but what I wanted to call was, and I'm actually kind of baffled at myself in the insanity of this comment, but. I almost want to force them into special session because we are going to lose anyways. We're not going to get what we, we deserve. We're not going to get what we need. We're not going to have them follow the law. And then they get to leave and go campaign and try to, to sway votes and work on their corruption and all the stuff that they do. I say, hey, let's give their candidates a chance. Let's just put them back into special session. They do it to us all the time. Let's tell our representatives and legislators to be insane this year and just keep going. You know, we want a better deal. Yeah, you know, because look, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I um, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier, which is part of my earlier commentary when I was just like, just vote yes to concur, get it done, 
and let's move on to focus on the importance part. Because you're right. We could say no, and they could go back, and they'll negotiate a lower PFD, and then we'll come back. And it'll be this long, drawn-out thing. And, you know... It, the the we we got to but gotta, it'll kill them in elections. Well, wouldn't it? Well, it would kill them in the, elections. Look, the people in Sitka are going to vote. Maybe that's what Alaskans need. Well, the people in Sitka are going to vote for Bert, Bert Stedman. The people in Kodiak are going to vote for Louise Stutes and Gary Stevens, just because they always have. Because no, oh, they're nice people. We love them. There's, I mean, I don't think there's anything that's going to change their minds at this point. We have got to focus you on. Know, I, we got to focus on the Constitutional Convention. And we got to focus on changing out a few people who are in who could be in danger, like Click Bishop and others, uh, replacing Steve Thompson with somebody who is uh, more conservative. You know, working against Bart Lebon. There are certain ones that we need to definitely work on. Um, so, I mean, I understand you're saying you just feel like you know giving them the finger basically and saying we're going to fight to the death on this one. <laughs> but I mean, I'm like there. There's no time. We we got the we got the elections yeah. coming up. We got the con con. We got all this other stuff. You know, let them eat this. Let them eat this. They're the ones that voted against a full PFD. They're the ones that voted for this bloated budget without a full PFD. Let's just use that to hammer them to the wall for this next election cycle. Let's not draw it out. Just get it done. Move on. No, I do agree with that. And, you know, talking about Kodiak, just because my my husband's family's from there, you know, his grandma was a pioneer of Kodiak. And um, Kodiak is corrupt. I mean, I honestly feel like they should do some election audits just in Kodiak alone because there's some weird, insane reason that Luis just keeps coming back. It's the politicians that are across the channel strip. That that voter group right there in Kodiak, right down Rezanoff, apparently they get to control the whole town because everybody else you talk to, you go down to like the little Filipino neighborhood in um, Kodiak, they want a full PFD. You go to the native community and they want a PFD, but it's that small little strip of millionaires and politicians that are like, no, we'll send Luis back. And how do they have control every year? It's baffling to me. But I do agree. We need a con-con. We need to stop the shenanigans. And there's so many issues, not just the PFD, but the the House bill, I think it was 172, where they're talking about having the right to have uh, a medical officer, not even a medical officer, a firefighter can literally commit you now. That's something that has passed and that just got swept under the rug because we're all trying to fight for other things that are important to our family. And they're just doing... I mean, bill after bill after bill. I may think they went on to like 9 o'clock the other night in the house. Right, right. No, I mean, that's the thing. They are literally just going hammer and tong at it. And, uh, you know, they're trying, to, they're trying to get everything done by midnight tonight. Uh, you know, uh, good good luck to them at this point. I think we need to. I think we need to laser focus in on what what's going to make the change, and that is changing out the players that we can and getting a con con put together because that terrifies them. That terrifies them right now. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. That's our arsenal. That's our threat. That's all we've got as Alaskans. And if we can stand together on that and actually send some decent delegates, they're kind of screwed. (laughs) Let's be honest. So I think that you're right, Michael, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And honestly, I wish we had five more of you. If we could have a little more media like uh, Charlie was talking about, this would be a game changer. Well, this kind of stuff, getting it out, those people that voted just yes for political coverage that we know are a no, getting those names out there to the public and just, you know, holding them to the wall, like you said on it, is something that we really need to do. And I hope we see maybe some more independent radios and journalists popping up in Alaska because 
that could save us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, you know, a, a multiplicity of voices. That's what we need. We need the answer to speech you don't agree with is more speech. So we need more people out there doing what we need to do. Thank you for your uh, call, yep, Melissa. No more echo chamber. Yeah, no more echo chamber. Exactly. Thank you so much for coming on board and being uh, part of it today. Uh, 433-3150, 433-3150 is the uh, phone number. Um, Somebody, they wanted, I showed people, I just showed people the picture of the barricaded door um, in the the conference committee room. Uh, One of the staffers for Bert Stedman um, had... uh, uh, Peter uh, Pete Eklund, who's a staffer for Bert Stedman, under the orders of Stedman, barricaded the door of the Senate Finance Committee room in the Capitol yesterday. Uh, and there's actual there's an actual picture of him with a bar through the door. He's got some some kind of wooden plank or strut, and he slid it through the door handles, and they're blocking the door so that nobody can enter or leave. You're trapped here, um, and it is just hysterical. Um, with what's going on, uh, again, I guess I'll, I'll read you the little blurb here that it says, um, it said, uh, uh, with the deadline nearing the committee, uh, excuse me, with the deadline nearing the committee meeting was not without a hefty dose of drama partway through the proceedings committee chairman, Senator Bert Stedman instructed staff member, Pete Eklund to barricade the door, trapping all six committee members, in addition to staffers, journalists, and others in the room. The barricade remained in place for several minutes as committee members continued their work. The instruction came from Stedman after Representative Kevin McCabe of Big Lake put a call on the floor of the House, which would have forced the committee members from the House to return to the House floor and slow the committee's work. We don't have, wait a second, wait a second. We don't have time to stop and waste an hour or two, and we won't have a budget by deadline, Stedman said after the committee meeting ended. It wasn't the first time Stedman resorted to barricading committee members to ensure their work would get done on Tuesday. Earlier in the day, the same day, Natasha called a call, placed a call on the Senate while committee members were holding closed-door negotiations. According to committee member Senator Bill Wilikowski, Stedman barricaded a door to keep the sergeant-at-arms from entering the room and disrupting their discussions. Uh, if the whole thing dies, uh, we need to start all over again. We don't want to risk that, said Wilikowski. When security officers arrived with the sergeant-at-arms, they knocked down the door. Now, I think that that's a misprint. I think they should have said they knocked on the but maybe they did. Maybe they knocked down the door. They knocked down the door. Committee members proceeded to finish their discussion with security officers standing by, waiting to escort the Senate members to the floor. Could you imagine? Boom! They knocked down the door, and then they're like standing there like, we'll wait for you to finish. I mean, <laughs> what I said was, lock the door. We cannot be disturbed. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it there. Thanks, Walrus. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, let's go back to the phones over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Harleen and Kodiak. Hello, my dear. Um, How are you? Good, good. Um, Michael, about the what was happened at the cap at this meeting, it just seems like the security guards were just doing their job. And um, uh, in response to Charlie Kirk, not Charlie Kirk, I'm sorry, Charlie Mayor Pierce. Right. Um, I have felt for several weeks now 
that I want a leader in Alaska. I don't want a politician. And it just feels more and more like there are more wolves in sheep's clothing. And I'm just leery of being deceived again. You know the saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so um, my friend has never voted. She's 72 years old. And I asked her why. And she said, because you have to listen to every single word. It takes a lot of time to listen to a lot of this. And right. actually, after a few weeks of thinking on that, I, I agree with her. I think she's right about that. So um, I guess my main point is that I've been longing for a leader in the governor's office. I mean, I, I don't want a politician. Yeah, I think we all have. I mean, Carly, I think we've all been waiting for a leader. We've all been, you know, I mean, God give us another Jay Hammond kind of thing, right? I mean, I didn't agree with all of Hammond's positions, but the guy was a leader, um, you know, and so yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, give us a leader so that we can, uh, so that we can have it. Um, of the current crop, I, I definitely see Charlie as being the you know the one with the most leadership ability and potential. And given what he's done down in the peninsula with the opening the peninsula up for business and taking a stand and not being afraid to stand out there in the public eye and say, "Come on down, we're open for business." I mean, there's a guy that I think uh, uh, that I think has what it takes to to make it down. But you're going to have to make your own decision on that. Uh, but you're right. I think we need. I think we need. I think so. That's what we've lacked. We've lacked we've lacked leadership um, in in the governor's office for many many years, and I think that's what we need to get the job done. And I like that he's uh, compiling a team. That he's not going to go it alone and get all burned out. I don't want to see um, people in leadership get burned out. I've been yeah. burned out so many times, and I don't want that for the person that takes that job. Absolutely, and. This person is willing to take the job. It's a job. It's a lot of work. It is. It is, absolutely. And you need to have the right person for it, uh, Carlene. I appreciate you calling in, uh, dear. Thank you for uh, being part of it. I think I can squeeze this last caller in if I'm quick here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. It's Kevin McCabe. How are you? Good, Kevin. Hey, I'm up against the break. Can you hold on a minute? I want to I wanna take your call, but I... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm literally up against a break and I don't want to, I don't want to waste it here for 60 seconds to get the job done. So I'm going to put you back on hold. Uh, we're going to come back to you. Kevin McCabe is our guest representative district eight. Uh, we will continue the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Uh, we want to hear what you guys have to say. We're going to open up the phone lines for more. We've got Kevin McCabe on the phone right now. We'll get the hot take there and then move on back after this on your home for common sense liberty based free thing and radio what is that common sense regularly heard on american radio All right, we're in the break right now. <clears throat> Let me see. I got another line on hold on top of uh, Kevin. Uh, let me see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, I just wanted to tell Charlene or 
the lady that was just on from Kodiak. Carlene, yeah. Um, Charlie will be at the um, in Kodiak at the Crab Fest. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I'll make sure that so, I announce. We'll announce that. Read that. Announce that. Okay. What's the date of the Crab Fest this year? It's May twenty. Let me look at my calendar here. Um. I'm sure maybe his wife will post it too. It starts on the 26th of May and it goes, I think, till Sunday the 29th. He's going to be there. He's going to okay. be there four days. Okay. Well, so announce that <clears throat> Kodiak people will go to that, get to know him, and vote for him. There you go. All right. Well, thank you. We uh, definitely need to change Kodiak. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree with that. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate the appreciate the call. All right, Kevin McCabe is going to join us here in just a second. Uh, let me scroll backwards uh, into some of the comments. <laughs> the walrus gets me every time. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, just this picture just cracks me up. I mean, this picture of the uh, uh, of them uh, barricading the door. I just I'm, I'm and he's looking back like, "Is it okay, boss? Should I barricade the door some more? Should I throw my body against it?" Should I protect it to make sure? To the death, my king, I will take care of you. It's, sorry. <laughs> Just look like that. <laughs> Stedman's like, I will protect the king. Um, anyway, uh, so that, that, <laughs> that is the story. <laughs> sorry. Um, all right. Uh, what if a fire broke out? That's illegal. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, fire code violation, barring the door. Um, uh, let's see. Um, the opposition to a con con has banked $30,000 shared by Lynn McCabe. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I heard through the grapevine that they were, <clears throat> that they were, uh, f- uh, fishing out an RFP, um, um, uh, for a hundred thousand dollar media buy to, uh, to try and stop the, uh, the con con. Uh, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Kodiak is extremely corrupt. Pickett and boycott the PFD Raiders. Um, the only the only cut says Politidic was to the statutory PFD. A few projects that directly punishes the Matsu for not following the radical agenda. They changed the funding from being pulled uh, from the ERA, like the statutory PFD law says they're lawfully supposed to do, and use tax revenue instead. Make it so half the PFD and rebate check won't be fully paid unless the supermajority. That was not my understanding. My understanding was that the PFD was fully paid out of the earnings reserve. It was the rebate check that is paid half out of the CBR. That was my understanding. So maybe I'm wrong, and maybe Kevin McCabe can give us the the dope on this, but my understanding was that they weren't saying half the PFD came from the CBR, that it was the full PFD, whether it was the 50% PFD from the ERA, which is where it's supposed to come from, and that the the rebate check, half of it was coming from the CBR. All the backroom political games they played just the last few days, and it's just a show. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what they cut out, what else they cut out of the budget, like these projects you were talking about from the Matsu. I definitely would like to uh, see about that. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yada yada yada. Fire marshal. Well, wait. Do they have boards living on the Capitol? I don't know where they got the boards. I don't know where these came from. These look like. I don't know. They look like pieces of wood for some kind of, I don't know. I don't even know what they are. I want to say for ropes or something for, you know, like um, 
guides. Um, where's my mail-in ballot? Where do I get one and deliver it in person? Well, you can deliver it in person to a bunch of different places uh, that are going to be open for it, but uh, <clears throat> that's the stuff right there. Um, all right. I thought you were joking, said Rick Williams. <laughs> I thought you were joking. No, I mean, literally, it is a picture of him, you know, this, it, 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 he directed his underlings to get it, you know, to bar the doors. We must be protected at all costs. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, from beer pong to barricaded doors, that's leadership. It's, it's truth, truth. All right, we are about 40 seconds out right now getting ready to rejoin the um, – um, um, ready to rejoin. Each office has one there to stop the door from opening. Oh, must be for active shooter stuff. Um, yeah. James says, I got, a, I, got a, I got a ballot for my mother who hasn't been here for six years now. Scrub the voter rolls. Uh, so we're trying to do. Trying to get that done. I don't think that bill's ever going to go anywhere, but we'll get more from that for uh, from Shower tomorrow. Anyway, McCabe is uh, up next. Kevin McCabe, our guest. Uh, let's jump into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, follow, do, obey. Obey! Right? I miss what I'm saying right now. Here we go. All right, we're continuing now. Uh, one final segment of the show. Thanks for coming and joining us. We got open line. Uh, somebody called during the break and just wanted to remind Carlene that uh, Charlie Pierce is going to be there for the Crab Fest down in, in Kodiak. If you want to go talk to him, he's going to be there from the 26th to the 29th uh, during Crab Fest, which is next next weekend. Uh, so feel free to go out there and track him down there. Uh, and that will be uh, fantastic. Meanwhile, let's go back to the phones here and talk with Kevin J. McCabe, uh, K, uh, 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 District 8 uh, uh, representative, my representative. Good morning, Kevin. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Michael. How are you? You know, not too bad. So um, I guess that bloated, irresponsible budget was really all about just cutting that PFD out because that was pretty much the major thing that got cut out. Am I right? I mean, is that kind of the, the I guess some projects for the Matsu? What what does it look like right now? Yeah, it seems to be. I haven't actually gone through it. It's downstairs on my desk in the uh, um, in the chambers. They're supposed to lay it on our desk for twenty four hours. So. Um, pretty much guarantees that we'll be here till midnight or later. But, um, you know, we, I'll, I'll certainly get down there and go through it. Uh, Carpenter sits right next to me, so he's been a, a real wealth of information as as we go through this budget. But it sounds like that's all they did was uh, take us down to a uh, 50-50. Right. Now, and, and what I'm hearing is, again, I've seen uh, Politidic made a mention of it. Somebody else said the same thing. But the way that I read the stories that they come out, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, is that the 50-50 PFD portion, the 2550, is coming from the ERA. It's half of the 5% draw. And that the energy rebate is the part that has got the split funding mechanism. Am, am I wrong on this? I mean, do you are are you familiar enough with it or no, yeah, that's true. That that's true. The energy relief fund or the energy relief payments 
come uh, from the at least fifty percent of it comes from the uh, uh, CBR. <laughs> sorry, uh, yeah. from the CBR. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it requires a three-quarter vote. So right, I, there, could, there, there, there's a little bit of bribery going on there. Yeah. Well, and that's what I understand. I mean, because you know, some people are saying, "Oh, the dividend, half the dividend's coming from the CBR." No, no, that's coming from the earnings reserve because uh, they're saying it's half of the five percent draw, which is what the governor asked for. Great, it's all good. Um, what's your take on this overall, Kevin? I mean, as you look at this and and you see this, I mean, first of all. What an insult for everybody to cry about how what a bloated, irresponsible budget. Oh, we cut the PFD. Okay, now it's fine. Oh, it's a bloated, irresponsible. Oh, we cut the PFD. That's good. Now it's perfect. Um, what's your take on this whole right. thing? Well, it's it's just as insulting as barring the doors because uh, we don't have enough time to finish. Uh, you know, if we have to go down to the floor and do our job, we won't have enough time to um, to finish. Well, that might be true, but why? You know, right. If you had actually done your job weeks ago, uh, you know, Senator, we would have uh, we would have actually had the time. So right, this is again time compression as a weapon that you you and I have talked about that many times. That that is the case here. That they sure. run they run the clock out intentionally, and then everything's got to be a rush, 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 rush to get the job done. That's correct. So your call yesterday on the House, your call on the House was to bring all the members back so that you could vote on some legislation that was being uh, discussed and debated on the floor. Uh, and this basically stymied that. The the chair of the Senate, you know, blocks the doors, barricades the doors, locks everybody in. And uh, so were you able to finally get those members out or what, what, what happened? Well, so, yeah, there's a little bit of inside baseball. So uh, we had an amendment to a bill that uh, was a um, – it was a health advisory board bill, and one in that amendment said that uh, no member of that board or or no advisory person, uh, person or group advising that board could be a, a pro-abortion group because we noticed one in one of them in the supporter supporting documentation in the letters. So there were several of us that signed on to it, and I felt that uh, at least Representative Merrick needed to be there to vote on it because I thought it was going to be close and uh so i put the call in the house and of course that uh kind of upset the leadership the majority leader and speaker stutes uh, they said hey look you know why don't you lift your call long enough for us to excuse which they should have done in the first place they should have excused merrick and Lebon and ortiz as soon as we gaveled back in from the recess and they didn't um so my bad for not noticing that and uh, you know i'm not trying to delay proceedings and i'm not trying to um, shut things down, but I was looking for Kelly and, uh, there were uh, actually, there were like 10 others missing, uh, when I put the call in the house. So we, I lifted the call, they excused those three and I put the call in the house and, uh, had, I think five or six more trickle in, uh, before we had the vote. So it was procedurally, it was interesting, um, to watch it, but it, it wasn't my intent to try to um, other than feeling that Kelly needed to be there, it wasn't really my intent to disrupt the 
uh, Senator uh, Stedman's very important right. proceedings. But an interesting reaction nonetheless. Maybe not your intent, but the reaction to me speaks volumes again of we delayed, 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 delayed and got it down to these last days. And now it's you, you poor, pitiful don't disturb the king. Uh, he's busy in conference, um, you know, kind of thing. Right. And uh, it, 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 not just you. Obviously, Natasha did the same thing, put a call on the Senate earlier in the day. And, uh, I mean, I, this kind of behavior just blows my mind that people – I mean, did I, I just got to ask you, was anybody looking askance at each other when they said he barred the doors? Did anybody go, what? <laughs> yeah, who does he think he is? Yeah, I mean, there was actually uh, Senator Von Imhoff's call in the House was actually a bit more interesting because there was some back and forth. Uh, Initially, the door was locked, and uh, whoever went up to the sergeant of arms, sergeant at arms, or uh, the Senate president, they got a key and they unlocked the door, and then it was barred. And uh, apparently, someone was heard to say, might have been a walrus-sounding voice, was heard to say, "Get the troopers, we don't care." <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, pull out the troopers. Uh great. Okay, great. Uh <laughs> man. I, but, I just anyways, la- last minute last uh, last few hours of session drama, so very very interesting. Yeah, no, that pretty much uh makes you go, "What? Uh what? What?" Um it's right. it's uh Hey, it's, um, Mike, go Michael, ahead. can I Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, I wanted to talk a little bit about this HB 172, which is that health care workers, uh, you know, people can show up at your door and the, the brown uh, booted or jack booted thugs and arrest you for health care stuff. That's um, people have a, a total misunderstanding of that bill. And uh, it's being sort of pushed by a couple of the conservative members in the House who are looking for cover for their votes. And they would try to if they want to redirect, I think, uh, their base's anger towards something that's simply not true. So this HB 172 seeks to correct a bill that Kathy Giesel put in during the uh, SB 91 days. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit of movement towards correcting it. So um, the definitions first of federally certified health provider are those at tribal health facilities. Federally certified means allows the facility to access Indian Health Service funding and all that sort of stuff. It's like the PHS doctors at the Coast Guard base in Kodiak, that sort of thing. So okay. um, DOJ and Homeland Security cannot come to your door under this bill. It's a, it's a ridiculous um, sort of assertion. And remember the people that are being shown portions of this, this bill, HB 172, that we put in, aren't being shown the underlying statute, which is way, way worse. Um, healthcare providers can already take someone into custody without consent for seven days, but they go, um, instead of uh, uh, into an outpatient setting for less than one day, which is what this bill uh, provides. So this bill actually increases um, your uh, your rights or, or decreases the amount of uh, um, open, ability of the government to take you into um, uh, take you into custody and that sort of thing. So it's it's not near what it's being portrayed um, on my website, my rep webpage. There's a sort of a description. So I, I right because I've heard I've heard a, take a look at I've that. heard a few things about this, and again, I hadn't even looked at the bill, but I keep seeing people saying, you know, they could kill they could kill mentally ill people, and I'm like, what? What are you 
what are you talking about? Well, they could just kill. Uh, the troopers could just draw down on them. And, and I'm like, okay, uh, I don't. And I hadn't even looked at it. So this basically is a loosening of previous laws that would have put you at the mercy of some healthcare provider that wanted to have you locked up without chance for uh, for for redress for seven days. This reduces that down to one day. Right, less than one day. It opens up some uh, halfway houses, if you if you will, um, that the the cops can take a person that is a danger to themselves or a danger to others from a mental health crisis, they can take them to this uh, care facility instead of taking them to jail or just leaving them in the back of a, of a cop car until they can get them into API or a hospital or something like that. So oftentimes 24 hours is all they need. And if they're in one of these, uh, these health care facilities or halfway houses, I, I can't actually remember the name. I'm not looking at it right now, but there's a name in the bill for what they're doing. Right. And, uh, well, that it gives them it frees our cops up a little bit, so the the police aren't babysitting some guy in jail that's having a health crisis. They can right. actually take him to a trained health well, provider. It just means that you've got to read the full law. That's what it means, and uh, that's it for today. Kevin McCade, hold the line for a second, folks. We're out of time tomorrow. Mike Shower, the Michael Duke Show. Sorry, Kevin, we were running up against it. Again, I, you know, here's what I love. People take one little piece of a law and then they run with it and they're like, this is what, this is what's going to happen. We're all going to, we're all going to die. Um, and they don't have the full details, nor do they read the underlying law that you were talking about. Um, and instead of calling, they immediately take to Facebook to sharpen the torches and, and uh, light the axes or whatever, or vice versa. And, you know, that, that's that's the thing that kills me. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate that uh, and some some of our own folks um, sort of exacerbated that situation by uh, you know by clanging the gong, if you will, and even they didn't really look deep into it. I, I talked at great length to Shelley Hughes and a few others and looked into the underlying law, which actually came from Kathy Giesel, believe it or not. I might have already said that, but. The point being is we are trying to remove portions of this law, just like we had to do it with SB 91, just remove it piecemeal. And and it's working, but it's unfortunate that some of our own folks see it as a uh, increase in uh, or decrease in freedoms when that's far from the case. Right. Instead, it is the actual reverse of that. So, well, Kevin, thanks so much. Um, let us know. You know what your thoughts are on this bill. If you want to send a text later today or whatever, or uh, we're gonna we're gonna get a recap tomorrow. So thanks for coming on board, um, and uh, we'll find out what got cut from the Matsu. I want to know that as well. So thanks for thanks for being part of it today. That'll be the first thing I look for. All right, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, sir. Uh, folks, thanks. we are out of time. I gotta go. Thank you for being part of it today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 